From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. You know, we should watch uh, healthcare, we should watch regulation uh, on the regulation front. Some pretty big differences uh, potentially on, uh, on healthcare and what we actually get in the next four years. The other thing I would say keep an eye on is municipal bonds. Uh, and also you have the potential under Biden administration, of course, taxes are gonna go up. So higher taxes, more support for state and local governments that could potentially be uh, support for the municipal bond market. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Uh, Jeff Bookbinder here um, with, with Barry Gilbert, your host for today uh, with uh, Ryan Dietrich out celebrating his anniversary. So happy anniversary to Ryan. Uh, he is not mourning his Bengals loss. He is celebrating his anniversary, which is certainly a more productive endeavor. So Ryan will be back with us um, next week. So what we end up with here is a... Um, a Boston-based um, podcast here with with Barry and myself uh, based in Boston. You might also say that we end up with a more follically challenged podcast with those of you watching uh, on YouTube, Barry and myself, uh, as you can see. So um, hello, Barry. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Had a nice weekend and uh, I'm rested, ready for the new week. All right, great. And it's a busy week. We'll talk about that at the end. Uh, we have a huge week uh, in terms of uh, the economic calendar and earnings season. And of course, everybody continues to follow the um, uh, the stimulus talks. We did a blog on lpresearch.com last week entitled, Follow the Bouncing Stimulus Ball. Uh, the talks right now appear to be at an impasse, but they're still happening. So, um, We'll talk a little bit about that. That's the first of our three things today. Uh, next, we'll talk election and certainly the, you know, the election. I think it's only uh, 22 days away. Might be off a day. Uh, certainly, that's what investors are focused on uh, here, probably more than anything else, which of course is related to stimulus. And then we'll talk about earnings season. Uh, it's it's snuck up on us here. Uh, certainly uh, not getting a lot of attention lately with everybody focusing on Washington. So we'll preview what should be a really good earnings season uh, for the third quarter relative to expectations. So um, let's first um, you know, get into a little market recap. Uh, of course, uh, all of you watching can see our uh, disclosures here. So we'll hit that um, first. Stocks were up almost 4% last week. In fact, it was the best week for the S&P 500 since July. Uh, the Dow didn't quite keep up with the S&P, but the NASDAQ did even better, although the star of the show was small caps. Uh, Russell 2000 up about 6% last week. Um, that's really important as a stimulus signal and as an economic recovery signal. Um, the um, you know folks like Ryan and Scott Brown in our group that follow technical analysis closely continue to, to remind us how strong uh, breadth is. So um, certainly broader participation in the market is um, very encouraging uh, in terms of um, of the outlook. And it was a very cyclically driven uh, market last week with some of the more economically sensitive sectors doing well. We had uh, natural resources stocks, energy materials uh, do very well, uh, but we also had uh, tech do well. Uh, so Barry, let me uh, 
Senator, to you here. Um, anything stand out to you um, last week? Just a really strong week. Yeah, it was an interesting week uh, because the talk early in the week was that uh, stimulus talks are off. Uh, you know, it looked briefly like uh, we wouldn't be talking stimulus anymore. Uh, the S&P 500 futures went down overnight. We went down the next day. Uh, and that was quickly uh, walked back. The talks were reestablished. The, the market responded. The takeaway from last week, uh, markets are really watching what's going on with stimulus uh, pretty closely. Absolutely. So that's that's where we we want to start here today. Uh, you're looking, for those of you watching, looking at a slide showing the um, amount of stimulus as a percentage of GDP by country. And... Um, the U.S. has really lagged behind thus far. Uh, only about 12% of GDP uh, in terms of fiscal stimulus. That doesn't include what the Federal Reserve's done in terms of expanding its balance sheet significantly, several trillion dollars. Just fiscal stimulus. Uh, the U.S., about 12 um, during this pandemic. And you've got uh, France, Germany, and Japan much more. Japan leading the way with about 40 uh, percent. So, um, you know, we think this isn't the only reason to think that some additional stimulus is justified. Uh, it's one of them, but certainly, uh, you know, stimulus is really designed to be a bridge to the end of the pandemic, which, you know, we hope comes fairly soon. But realistically, we're still looking at a challenging economic environment for the next several months, particularly in the areas hardest hit by the pandemic. So we need a little bit more of a bridge, um, you know, maybe not several trillion more, but certainly more of a bridge. And there's a lot of bipartisan agreement in Washington uh, that will get more. Now, I think I want you to weigh in on this, Barry. Seems to me like there's more people talking about stimulus post-election and potentially, you know, based on the polls, and we know polls can be wrong. We certainly learned that in 2016. But the polls are suggesting, uh, you know, perhaps a better than 50-50 shot at a Democratic sweep. And in that scenario, uh, we could get a lot more stimulus after the election. Do you think markets are sniffing that out? Yeah, it looks like they're starting to uh, completely agree. Uh, polls can change. Uh, we know that uh, at this time in 2016, uh, Hillary Clinton wasn't even at her peak yet in the polls, and obviously things reversed. So a lot can still happen, but it does seem like that's what the, the markets are looking at. Uh, you, know, you said that everyone in Washington is talking about stimulus. Uh, we like to highlight every now and then when there are areas where Republicans and Democrats agree, and there actually are. Uh, and even though we're working on the details, uh, it seems across the board, uh, everybody wants to see some kind of stimulus. It's just a question of uh, exactly what it is. And uh, you know, we've looked at different scenarios. You've written a blog about different scenarios that uh, what, what kind of stimulus we might get with the, uh, with the election outcome. Uh, and we'll have to see what happens. But uh, at least the speculation is right now uh, that you would see the largest stimulus package. We can debate over whether or not it's the right stimulus package, but you would see the largest stimulus package uh, if you did get a democratic sweep. Yeah, certainly, um, you know, we're not making any predictions, but in listening to what the markets are telling us, uh, the confidence in a stimulus package is, is clearly rising and maybe uh, the U.S. in terms of percent of GDP ends up getting north of 20 percent 
Uh, we'll probably see uh, expanded unemployment benefits. We'll probably see uh, some more state and local funding. We'll see uh, funding for uh, schools, for more PPE, uh, to fight contact tracing, to fight uh, COVID, a number of things that generally there's bipartisan agreement on. It's just a question of how much. Um, so, you know, we continue to expect something. We just don't think it's coming in the next few weeks. Uh, we're just running out of time. And uh, there's certainly reason uh, to think that the, you know, the Senate uh, pre-election will balk at a $2 trillion deal. Certainly, uh, it makes sense for the House uh, to, uh, to drag their feet as well politically uh, based on um, you know, the uh, election, again, just, just a few weeks away. Um, so let's talk a little bit more um, election and policy here. Um, you know, we got a, um, a slide of taxes. This, you know, if we do get a Democratic sweep, again, not a prediction, but certainly uh, a possibility, it's going to be one of the biggest tax increases we've ever seen. More realistically, something in the two to two and a half trillion range, uh, we would say, rather than maybe four plus trillion uh, that's reflected in the in the Biden plan. This is going to have some market impact at some point. It's just tough to say when. So, Barry, if we look out, I know it's hard to predict uh, markets week to week, but if we look out to the election or maybe a little bit after, when do you think the market will um, you know, start to care more about these potential tax increases? Because we're only 3% off the, the all-time highs here with these gains on Monday morning. Uh, clearly, the market's not worried about this right now. Yeah, this is the, uh, the biggest risk, we think, associated with a, a Biden victory, with a, a Trump victory. It's possible that taxes would go down uh, even further. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, you know, as we get closer to the election and uh, you know, the potential odds continue to, to clarify, even though uh, we won't know until everyone goes and votes, that's the whole purpose of, uh, of voting. You might continue to see uh, a little bit of movement. And then, of course, once we have clarity about the result, which might not be on November 3rd, uh, could be on November 4th or even afterwards, market's going to start taking a, a close look at the uh, what the next presidency is going to mean, whether it's uh, four more years for President Trump or a President Biden administration. Yeah, we're going to get a little bit more into that here um, with this next slide. Now, you know, conservatives don't send us hate mail. <laughs> this is just uh, what we think is a little bit more uh, balanced poll than some of the others, which are say saying, and this, you know, Barry, you, you put this in, if anybody wants to send us hate mail, send it to Barry. Uh, showing a you know potentially on real clear politics, a 65% chance uh, of a Biden win. Now this has nothing to do with the Senate. I mean, if certainly if Biden, the more support Biden gets, you would expect the more support uh, that um, Senate Democrats get. But just focusing on the presidential election alone, uh, this is certainly uh, suggesting Biden uh, is the favorite, and then. You know, another element to this market rally uh, is you know, the market may be discounting the risk of an uncertain outcome and a disputed election, uh, at least for the you know roughly 50% or so um, 
uh, folks in the market that are you know, pro-Democrat or at least expecting a Democratic victory. What are your thoughts here on this one, Barry? Yeah, don't get this, yourself into trouble. <laughs> this is really, uh, this is taken from uh, Real Clear Politics. Uh, you can go and follow these numbers here. And instead of putting up the polls, uh, we actually put up the uh, the betting odds uh, from uh, the sites that uh, that actually carry betting odds. Real Clear Politics uh, runs an average. We're not recommending that you go out and bet on the election. Uh, it's simply another way of tracking it. And we've consistently seen uh, that the betting odds have been closer, and uh, this is not meant as a, a forecast. It's uh, more just to show that we have had over the last couple of weeks a change in sentiment. Uh, that's not surprising. Uh, post debate, post COVID diagnosis, uh, as I said earlier, um, you know, at this point, uh, four years ago, Hillary Clinton wasn't at her peak yet, and we know that it reversed. So, we wanted to give a sense of what's happening, uh, what's happening directionally, and. We did see increased talk about the potential for election uncertainty. Uh, it's certainly out there. Uh, our last, uh, well, four out of our five, last five elections have been uh, within 5%, the, the margin. Uh, we are a closely divided country, divided and decided. If it's close, it means that uh, the odds of election uncertainty go up. Uh, certainly as the perception uh, of having a favorite goes up. And this is really all about uh, perception, not a forecast. Uh, as the perception of a favorite goes up, the potential for uncertainty uh, goes down and uh, what might happen if we get uncertainty goes down as well. We've done, a, a, we did a blog uh, on uh, what you would actually expect with uncertainty. Look back at 2000, market moved about 8% uh, and, uh, and then got it back once there was clarity around what's going on. We even look back at 1960. In 1960, Nixon versus Kennedy, uh, there were some disputes uh, as well. And really, in that case, the market didn't do anything. So you need uh, considerable uncertainty before the market is even going to re react. The market's going to try to see through it. Um, but when the sense that that risk is out there uh, increased, uh, it was potentially weighing on the market a little bit. We're actually at the point seasonally uh, in election years when stocks typically start their pre-election rally. Uh, dates right around um, you know October 10th, October 11th in that range. And uh, so um, this pattern may be repeating. The market may be starting to discount election uncertainty now, and we could potentially rally right through the election. We've talked a lot about this uh, on our podcast and elsewhere, that regardless of outcome, uh, stocks tend to rally after elections. And uh, you know whether you get Republican sweep, Democratic sweep, uh, or gridlock, um, stocks tend to do quite well under all those scenarios. Now, th there's been a lot of attention on you know what stocks or industry groups might work under the various political scenarios. So we can talk a little bit about that. Um, certainly, I mean, we all know what's going to happen if, if we get um, the status quo, right? President Trump and uh, certainly uh, Senate Republicans will continue to try to push the same things that they've been pushing for the last uh, four years. Um, if we get change, uh, and that is where, uh, you know, you start talking about uh, a Democratic sweep or even there's a possibility, it's probably low odds, but possibility that you get um, a Trump win in a Democratic Senate, very unlikely. But nonetheless, there's a lot of different outcomes here. 
Um, in most of the likely outcomes, you're gonna get an infrastructure package probably in the next couple of years. And so markets look like they're positioning for that. Certainly markets are um, favoring green energy stocks here lately that may signal uh, the market pricing and higher probability of a Biden victory. Uh, you know, certainly the, um, you know, the trade situation, you know, we, we showed the, the chart of the uh, tax increases. And if, if we get a Democratic sweep, they're going to be big. But just keep in mind, you're going to get a lot of investment that comes with that. Um, so even though earnings may drop 10% on just the math of tax increases, if we get them, uh, the, the spending that'll be associated with that you know, whether you like it or not, it's going to be revenue for corporate America. And so that is going to offset some of the earnings impact. And then we'll also likely have uh, lower or eliminated tariffs uh, with China, and that will have a positive earnings impact. So all in all, um, sure, if we do get a democratic sweep, that is expected to be negative for earnings, but maybe not as negative as some of the forecasts um, that, uh, that you see out there. So Barry, any other areas uh, that you think might be particularly election sensitive that people should watch? I mean, maybe healthcare is another one. Yeah, we should watch uh, healthcare. We should watch regulation uh, on the regulation front. Uh, uh, President Trump's deregulatory efforts uh, help in particular energy and financials. Now we didn't see it in how the sectors performed because there were bigger forces out there uh, that mattered more, but uh, that under a Biden administration probably would be a, a headwind as, uh, as regulations increase. Uh, of course, uh, some pretty big differences uh, potentially on, uh, on healthcare and what we actually get in the next four years. The other thing I would say keep an eye on is municipal bonds. Uh, the Democrats have been pushing stronger support for state and local government. The Republicans have been proposing a, a smaller package. Uh, and also you have the potential under Biden administration, of course, taxes are going to go up. So higher taxes, more support for state and local governments that could potentially be uh, support for the municipal bond market. Yep, great point. Uh, more state and local funding uh, coupled with higher taxes, that is a uh, formula for municipal bonds. So uh, very, very important to bring, bring that up. Uh, so thanks, Barry. Why don't we um, um, do one more election slide here. Um, for folks watching, this is an election model we got from Strategus. Uh, so I'll take credit for this one. Barry, you know, again, can can take credit for the, the Biden bias slide that we just showed. But now this is this is one that's more uh, pointing toward President Trump. Uh, Strategus Research Partners, um, one of the uh, more respected policy teams on Wall Street, uh, has a model based on stocks, the dollar um, GDP which is of course the economy and presidential approval ratings. Um, it's done a pretty good job over the last, uh, you know, what is this, nine elections uh, predicting outcomes. And uh, right now it's predicting the two party vote uh, in favor of Trump 5149. That's um, certainly um, a very different message than we're seeing in the polls. You know, we, we say it all the time, it's different this time. Uh, we haven't had an election with a pandemic we certainly haven't had an election recently with such a sharp recession and bear market followed by such a quick recovery. Uh, it's really been a V-shaped economic recovery to date. Certainly it was a V-shaped stock market recovery. Um, 
you know, one of the biggest bounces we've ever seen. We've never been down 30% or more in a year on the S&P and ended positive. And we have a great chance to get that this, this, um, this year, 2020. So there are many, many things that are different. But if you just look at, uh, you know, these indicators and put it together in this model, it actually suggests that, you know, it's a lot closer uh, than markets suggest or than polls suggest rather. Uh, Barry, any thoughts on this? Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see a, a more fundamentally driven model pointing to it being so close. Uh, the, the strength of the rebound uh, off of the lows economically into the market has just been spectacular. Uh, there's no other way to describe it. Uh, so you know, our view is uh, going into an, an election, as I said, our, our last several elections have been quite close. Uh, just assume it's going to be a coin toss and get out there and vote. Absolutely. Um, certainly a very important message. So, um, you know, what matters in the swing states matters most, of course, that's where elections are won and lost. And so, um, you know, don't be surprised if this is closer than, than the polls suggest. So um, thanks for that, Barry. Let's move on to the last part of our podcast, which is earnings season preview. Uh, this is the topic of our weekly market commentary, uh, which will be out by the time you listen to this. Uh, this was a really, um, you know, positive earnings season to study. Uh, I think, I mean, we we know earnings are going to drop. I mean, that's that's an almost a certainty. Uh, consensus expectations from FactSet are expecting a twenty percent decline. But remember, last quarter we got one of the biggest upside surprises we've ever seen. The average company beat by more than 20 percentage points. Um, we were looking at down 45 percent. We ended up down about 30. So we won't get that again. But if we did, uh, Q3 could be, you know, down only mid single digits. Most likely we'll be down in the low to mid teens. But we have a lot of confidence that we'll get a better than expected result. Uh, there are a few reasons for that. Um, you know, number one, we've seen estimates inch higher over the last few months. You know, estimates moved quite a bit higher during second quarter earnings season. They've continued to move higher, which is usually a positive sign of better than expected results. We've also seen positive guidance. We've had positive guidance outnumber negative guidance by two to one, which is very rare. Usually it's the opposite. It's, it's one to two. Uh, so um, that is certainly a positive sign. Now, keep in mind, we're getting guidance from fewer companies uh, because of so much uncertainty, but that is a very positive uh, signal. And then um, we've also get, gotten better than expected economic data for the last several months in general, not all of it, but in general, the economic recovery has surpassed our expectations. We've seen some leveling out, certainly in the high frequency data over the last month or so. But all in all, for the third quarter, uh, the economic picture was supportive. And certainly, we expect companies to do a good job of, of managing their costs to, um, to support profit margins. So we think we're going to get a very high percentage of beats and solid upside relative to that negative 20% uh, baked into facts at uh, consensus. Um, a couple of things uh, that we're going to be watching closely. Uh, certainly what companies have to say about the pandemic. Not sure it's going to change all that much from what we heard last quarter, 
Uh, we'll still hear some cautious commentary, but we'll certainly be paying close attention to the company's hardest hit to see if we can get more participation in terms of earnings and stock performance uh, from, the, from the more challenged areas of the market. So COVID will continue to be in focus. Uh, the election, something few companies talked about last quarter, we'll hear more on that. Uh, and certainly uh, a lot of investors are gonna be trying to figure out uh, winners and losers in the various uh, political scenarios. So that will garner a lot of attention. Uh, and then lastly, uh, we're gonna be watching how the winners do. Uh, this pandemic has been certainly friendly to the stay at home stocks. That's, you know, digital, uh, you know, e-commerce, uh, digital media, tech broadly, uh, particularly, um, you know, semis, which have been a leader really throughout the recovery. So we want to see those winners continue to do well. Uh, but certainly, you know, some are concerned about uh, whether, you know, as folks get out and do more stuff as this recovery uh, gains steam and people maybe get more comfortable uh, with, um, you know, the COVID situation, maybe some of the some of the wind comes out of the sales for the stay-at-home stocks. So that'll be really important to watch. Are we seeing slower momentum for those areas of the market that are strongest? Um, so anything, uh, anything on earnings that you want to add, Barry? Before we, uh, before we wrap. No, you covered it. Uh, covered it pretty well. Uh, it's uh, just want to think back to the the tax conversation that we had uh, earlier, talking a little bit about the impact. Uh, and of course, for a lot of companies, that earnings picture will change once we get a clearer picture about what's going to happen on the tax front. Absolutely. Very important. So um, I'll just end with a real quick preview. Retail sales this week highlights the economic calendar. In addition to earnings, we get 30 S&P 500 companies reporting results this week. Next week's when it really kicks in uh, to high gear. So those are two things to watch. There's also a Brexit deadline, a self-imposed Brexit deadline on Thursday. Uh, probably get the can kicked down the road. Well, we get small business confidence in the US, we get industrial production, a number of other data points. So we'll get more of a feel for economic momentum uh, with the, um, uh, the economic calendar this week. So um, with that, um, the uh, latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast is in the books. Hopefully we kept it on the rails in Ryan's absence. Thank you, Barry, for joining us this week. Uh, thanks everybody uh, for listening. Have a wonderful week, and uh, we'll uh, be back with you next week. See you then. Thanks. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All index are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through Opel Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC. Insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliate.
affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor, that is not an LPL affiliate. Please note, LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.